my greatest hope for you, my dear, my love, sugar plum, honey bunches, is that you find what sets your soul on fire in this lifetime. And that whether it is a passion project you do in addition to your job or jobs, whether it is something that you can turn into a business, whether it is a movement you create, my greatest hope for you is that you find that because I'm alive in a way today that is just almost indescribable. Welcome back to another edition of the Joy Starters Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I am so glad you are listening to this. And thank you so much for the feedback that you are um, giving us and sharing, that you are binging, sharing it with other people. I hope we've made you think, we've made you laugh, we've made you feel, and most importantly, you have gone out and done something with that. My friend Tim Shaw says that. He was the youngest player diagnosed with ALS in the NFL. And uh, you've probably heard me say this before. If you followed me for any time, and that is, um, he, he shares, I can make you think, I can make you feel, but if you don't go do anything with it, then what is it all for? So maybe you mended a fence with somebody that you love. Maybe you said you love somebody. Maybe you have um, shared your heart. Maybe you have forgiven somebody. Maybe you have put in for that job that you think you're unqualified for but would be amazing at. I don't know what it is, but hopefully um, our time together, you with me in this podcast, and if we interact on social media or within the movement, I hope that I've inspired you to do one of those things or more. All right, so... I want to give you an update on what is happening with the book, what is happening with life, and a big, huge, humongous, audacious, hairy anniversary that just passed. And so October 26th, 2019 was a crazy day. And you've heard me talk about it within this podcast about taking a leap of faith and and doing things that seem absolutely terrifying and trusting that you're either going to learn how to fly or God is going to catch you, right? And so October 26, 2019, I was on a plane to Mexico. I was going to the last place that my, and I promise one day I'm going to do one of these podcasts and I'm not going to cry. One day, (laughs) one day, (laughs) but today is not that day. I was on a plane going to Mexico to the Mayan Riviera. We have Mayan Indian in our lineage. My mom found that out, um, 11% Mayan before she passed away. And my mom and I had gone on a girl's trip down to the Mayan Riviera. And we went to this place that was just spectacular. We stayed in a in a little casita that overlooked a cenote, which if you're not familiar with what a cenote is, it is these, and I'm not going to do it justice, but I'm going to give you the Rachel definition of it. But it's where you see these holes in the ground. Sometimes there's large caverns and you see them a lot in Mexico and is where the, where the salt water meets the fresh water and you have different kinds of sediment. And so it forms these holes, these swimming holes or even caves or things you can, you can rappel down into. And so we were staying on the sacred cenote. You don't swim in there. It changes colors, different years, different times of the year, but they do know that the Mayans use these and, and um, other indigenous people. And so, so super special. I even requested, they knew I was going back. I even requested to stay in the same 
casita that my mom and I stayed in. And there's a nugget for you here. I remember after my mom passed away, I stayed away from her house. After she passed May 1st, 2019, I stayed away from her house thinking that if I stayed away, it would be easier. Thinking it would be too painful to face it. And when I finally did go home, I found that it was the most comforting place. I found that it was peaceful and she was everywhere. She was in everything. She was in the in the in the walls, in the decor, in the pots and the pans and the where she sat and where she passed and all of those things. It was so comforting, but yet I stayed away. And um I think there's a lesson here for you, and that is that Sometimes when we're bold enough, courageous enough to face something, to go straight towards it, to barrel towards the pain or the fear, the the places that we think are going to be the worst, there's actually healing there. There's actually comfort there. There's actually peace there. And so I went and I didn't go down there and, and try to stay at another place. I didn't go down there and try to avoid the place that she and I had stayed together. No, I, I went and I asked for the same place and... It was beautiful and and lovely and hard and I cried and I laughed and I danced and I got sunburned and I booked a a a little excursion where I went to the cenotes and I had a photographer come and then they transposed I think that's the word <laughs> and I'm looking for my mom into the picture so it actually looks like she's like part angel but she's in these pictures of these Mayan, where these Mayan cenotes are. And, and it was huge. It was amazing. It was huge. But before all that happened, I was on a plane. And bless the person sitting next to me because I finished my retirement letter on that plane. And I'm going to read it to you right now because I think it's important for you to understand what I said, what I meant, what I felt in that moment. All right. I've spent my whole career, 17 years, what? Hustling, grinding, asking, seeking, pushing, trying to stay relevant because it's hard as a woman still in this field. Can I get a what, what? And if I can be brutally honest, I'm a bit tired in my soul from that journey. I'm tired of trying to keep up and matter because the truth is I matter a great deal. And being a sportscaster doesn't make me who I am. At the same time, I feel incredibly liberated. I have known for a while that there is more, that I have an even higher calling, that I've been, but I've been fighting it, running from it as a full-time calling. But the running for my calling also made me a bit weary. So, dot, 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 I have decided to fully give my career and what's next to Jesus. He is the pilot anyhow. I'm retiring as a sportscaster after the 2019 season to focus solely on changing the narrative. My baby that has affected so many lives, chiefly my own. At this point, there isn't time to sleep and I'm always trying to catch my breath. I feel it's time to give this life-changing, soul-altering movement everything I've got. There are lives at stake. I'm also going to write that book. I promised myself I always would when I had time. And I'm going to heal. That is so vital. My only request, pray for me. Support me if you will. Because it hasn't been easy to come to this conclusion. Send me all the positive mojo you got. Because I'm terrified. But I have faith of a mustard seed. And I know that this is my destiny. So I'm jumping off the cliff. Knowing that God will either teach me to fly or catch me. P.S. 
Thank you for 17 years of the most amazing sportscasting career. All of it. Every relationship, every interview, every show, every game, every season. I will remain involved in sports. Likely more so than ever was than I ever was before. You will see me on the sidelines and in your team rooms telling stories that elevate and motivate. The ones that provide hope and share grace. Doing all I can through ICTN to in- incrementally improve the lives of each player, program, and person I reach. I love you all so much. So that was my retirement letter. And what's interesting about that and why I got teary-eyed was I said that I was going to write the book. Write the book when I had time. And I'll be darned if tomorrow I'm not heading out on my first book trip to meet with the people that decided to take a chance on me that will help me market and sell this book, which I can't wait to tell you the name. I'm just dying to share the name, but they haven't given me that go-ahead yet. The book that will be out in like seven short months at the end of July, I think July, June, June 22nd, June 22nd. Um, And so I'm leaving tomorrow on an airplane. And I read this. I read this retirement letter the other day. I had not read it in a while, um, in a year or so. And I had forgotten the line in there that I said, I'm going to write that book that I've been promising myself that I'm going to write. Um, and I'm finally going to slow down enough to do it. And um, y'all, I wrote it. I wrote it. And when I read that, I cried like a baby because I did it. And y'all reached around and I patted myself on the back and I said, you did it, my girl. And I even put a tweet out there that said, and the narrator said, she did, in fact, did it. She's a good girl, a good girl indeed. Um, and and I, I, here's where I want to draw you into the story. What is it at the end of 2022 that you've been promising yourself you're going to do? right? Is it a career change? Is it writing a book? Is it starting a movement? Is it becoming a speaker? Is it learning a second language? Is it, is it being a better you? Is it, I, I don't know what it is, learning the piano. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you life is short and life is precious. And it's time to do it. It's time to jump. It's time to say, yes, got to do it. And also I do believe Every time I tell this story about retiring while I was employed, I was employed by SiriusXM. I, I still remember writing the email and saying, hey, you know, after the season, I'm no more. I'm, um, I'm not doing this anymore. And I love you. And I thank you for making the, me the first female host on SiriusXM on their collegiate channels. But I found something and I thought I would always be a sportscaster, always. But I found what truly sets my soul on fire. And I remember also saying to myself, I was inside the inside the Alabama press box um, because I moved to Tuscaloosa in 2009, didn't know a soul, and a year later was on the sidelines at the Rose Bowl covering a national championship. I mean, really just kind of got there at the rise of Nick Saban and was along to witness history. It was unreal. Didn't know anybody. Ended up meeting my best friend who, who would have my godkids and teach a Zumba class, and my life would just incrementally and crazy in a beautiful way change while I was there. But I remember saying to myself, and this is, involves you, so this is going to wrap around to you. I remember saying to myself, you know, the, the, um, 
the anthem comes on and, you know, and I get chills and I'm in the press box. I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, like people that would give their, their left arm to have a press pass, to have a seat in the press box. And I have one. And I said to myself, if this ever doesn't give me chills, if there, this ever doesn't like move me, if it ever doesn't, it ever becomes commonplace, I'm going to retire and make space for somebody else. And um, I, I'm not going to say it went to that length, uh, those lengths when I decided to retire. It was just really more so that I'd found really, really what gave me chills and what, what set my soul on fire. But, but there was a smidgen of that, right? And I remember that moment. And so how does this apply to you? It applies to you that um, is, I was just talking to somebody today about this. And this person said, I've been asking myself some tough, tough questions. And that is, do I want to make a career change? Would I be doing something else better? Would, would something else make me happier? And I'm not advocating for you to quit your job unless you've already been thinking about quitting your job and you have a plan and you want to do something different. But I am advocating for you if there's a tickle in your soul to to put an application somewhere else, to explore what that might look like, to sit down and sit with yourself and see what, um, how do you feel about it? Pray about it, meditate, you know, um, whatever it is you do, I, I pray about things. And so I am encouraging you to do that. Take from my story, take from my story today, one, go towards the pain, go towards the fear. I ran from it for a year. I knew I should have retired um, at the beginning of 2019, but I was dealing also with losing my mom. And I kept trying to open doors. I kept trying to open doors and God would slam them in my face. And I think what he was trying to tell me, and I finally got it, was I had to close those doors to show you that this is what I wanted for you. Ultimately, this is what I wanted for you. And I will tell you, I retired just before the pandemic, just months before the pandemic. And I say this in the book. I'm not giving too much away. Please don't get mad at me, <laughs> book publishers. But I say this in the book is that if I was Lot's wife, you know, I feel like Lot's wife. I look back so many times and say, God, did I hear you correctly? Did I hear you correctly? I mean, I, I should have been a pillar of salt. But um, he had a plan. And even in the pandemic of, of losing all these speaking engagements in just a short amount of time, my whole year booked, losing them all within two weeks, he even had a plan in that. And um, it's just, it's been amazing. It's been nothing short of miraculous. And people ask me all the time. They ask me this. They say, do you miss sportscasting? Do you miss sportscasting? And I've had people to offer to do shows. Um, I have one guy who is uh, a wonderful person, but he just keeps asking me to do a sports show with him. And I'm like, I'm not interested. Respectfully, I'm not interested. And... The answer to all of these people is emphatically, no. Do I miss sportscasting? No, I do not. I will leave it in the hands of somebody who's in the Alabama press box where I used to sit and is just geek to the max. See, I, I might I might be around the Alabama football team or the Pitt, Pitt football team or West Virginia or wherever it is I go. I might be around these these football teams, I'm just around them in a different way, but I'll leave that spot in the press box for another young woman because I recognize I paved the way for other young women. 
or older women, it doesn't matter their age, but I'll leave that spot for somebody else who knows that is a thousand percent what they want to do. It was a thousand percent what I wanted to do up until the time, up until early 2019 when I started to get the tickle in my soul that it was time to retire. So no, I do not miss it. I do not miss it. I do not miss talking about um, touchdowns and blocks and yards and coaching changes and eight coaching you know vacancies in college football this year and the rankings and all of the cool, amazing things I got to do. I still vote for the Heisman because I still watch football, but I come at it from a different perspective now. And so no, the answer is no, I do not miss it. I do not miss it. I love what I do. I'm doing what sets my soul on fire. And my greatest hope, my greatest hope for you, my dear, my love, sugar plum, honey bunches, is that you find what sets your soul on fire in this lifetime. And that whether it is a passion project you do in addition to your job or jobs, whether it is something that you can turn into a business, whether it is a movement you create, I don't know what it is, but my, my hope, my, my greatest hope for you is that you find that because I'm alive in a way today that um, is just almost um, indescribable. I say this a lot in my talks. If somebody offered me a million dollars, a million dollars. It's getting ready to go on stage and you can't do this talk, but here's a million dollar check. Just leave. No, no questions, no nothing. Just leave. I wouldn't take it. And I can tell you that with 1 million percent certainty because I love what I do that much. And so whether that again is soul care, a project, a passion, a language, a something, a, a movement, a nonprofit, a business, a, a, a career. I want you to find that thing that sets your soul on fire, because it has changed everything for me. So happy three years retired from sports casting to me, and happy, happy day, happy life to the women that um, have gotten to fill the roles that I used to fill and the opportunities that are there because of some of the trails that I blazed. And I'm very grateful for that. And I will forever, ever be thankful for that 17-year career because it allowed me to have the relationships that helped to form I'm Changing the Narrative. And I do want to tell you, you got to watch out for my socials. I may tell it on the socials or I may tell it on a podcast coming up. I do want to tell you the story of a player that I poured into in 2017 who came back around, um, and I've heard from here and there over the years, but has come back around and just shared how um, my talk one time in 2017 has forever impacted his life and what he's doing with that now. I also want to tell you, I'm so pumped. Um, I will come home from this book trip. Uh, and I will be home for a few days, and then I will go to Jonesboro, Arkansas, where I will be at a high school there for the second time in one year. They were so open to my talk the last time I was there that certain students started a mental health club called the Don't Suffer Alone Club. The counselor there, one of the counselors, advocated and got a grant for me to come back. I'm working with the teachers, with the students, and with the Don't Suffer Alone Club again, and they're going to stream that into the junior high, and I'm just so pumped. I say this all the time, to be invited one place is one thing, but to be invited to a place, back to a place, is everything. It means you made an impact. It means they got what you said. They felt it. 
and it is in beyond exciting to me. And so when I have the next podcast, you'll likely hear from some kids. You will likely hear from some students and teachers that were impacted and have been impacted and how they're carrying the I'm Changing the Narrative message out throughout their life, their families, their communities, and and how it has impacted them on a personal level and within their lives. And so I cannot wait to tell you about all the neat things we have planned there. We have some projects planned, some things planned um, with that community, and I'm super duper duper excited. And again, just want to say thank you for for listening. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for being pumped about being uh, in this upcoming Joy Starters Club, and it'll be rolling out in the next literally two weeks. I mean, if not before. And thank you for being pumped about the book and being pumped about the newsletters and what we do and the messages. I get every single one of them. And to the sweet soul, I won't say her first name, who wrote me the email in response to the podcast last week. I just had a meeting with you a couple of weeks ago. I got your email and I am praying for your person. He is walking towards you and you are walking towards him. And your email of vulnerability and honesty and just saying that that podcast about love touched you and really resonated with you, those emails, they mean everything to me. They mean absolutely everything to me. The last thing I'm going to say is this. Got a lot to share with you today. The last thing I'm going to say to this is this. I mentioned earlier, I still obviously keep an eye on everything, eight openings in college football right now with the most recent firing of Brian Harson at Auburn. And I tweeted this and then we just shared it on my socials, the rest of my socials. But at this point in time when I was a sportscaster and just a few games previous to where we are right now, um, you could start to see the team, a team, the life go out of them. You could start to see the air go out of them because it was like, you know, kind of at the beginning, you're like, oh, yes, 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 yes. At the beginning of the season, everybody feels like they're going to be, you know, undefeated and then they start to lose a bit and then they start to have a losing record. It is very easy as fans and just people, um, we start calling these teams losers. We start calling coaches losers. And they may be a a loser in the sense of a win-loss record, but they're not losers of human beings. And it's, it is um, easy in this world where we are um, a lot of times aligned, our identity is aligned with our job and what we do is to feel like a loser when we lose a deal, when we lose a game, but you are not a loser. These kids are not losers. These coaches are not losers. It just did not work out for a myriad of reasons, okay? And so this week too, I reached out to, and I've done this, but I reached out to one of my coaches who is not doing so well this season. And the word on the street is that he's going to be fired. And I just want to remind you to reach out to people, not just when they're on the mountaintop, right? Reach out to people when they're in the ditch. We teach this and I'm changing the narrative. And what I said to this coach is tough times don't last, but tough people do. I'm praying for you. So maybe there's somebody today that you need to reach out to Um, and maybe you need to just tell them you love them, encourage them because you never know the kindness of a stranger is like honey to the soul. I mean, it really is everything. And really lastly, all these things and wonderful things have been on my mind this week. 
I recently saw a post by a friend of mine in the business, and it was talking about a, a great thing this person had done with his father and had helped him and taken him to the grocery store. He was down on his luck, and he bought him a bunch of groceries. And along with this post, it, it wasn't my friend. It didn't happen to him. He was resharing it from what I understood. But along with the post was a picture of the man, and you could see his face. Listen, part of Joy Starters is encouraging people to do great things, is to encouraging people to spread joy. I mean, you'll be seeing it soon, but we've driven around recently and gotten a megaphone and said nice things to people and recorded it, and and it was so much fun. I mean, it was just like so amazing to spread joy. I get that. But when we're doing nice things for people who have fallen down on their luck, I want you to be mindful about how you share those things. There's ways to share those experiences, especially around the holidays where you can encourage other people to do it, but you don't rob them of their dignity. Um, And I did share that privately with this friend. And I said, hey, listen, I'm only sharing this with you because it's been shared with me before that there are other ways to do it. Somebody loved me enough years ago to share that with me. The fact that, hey, you can do this in a way that is is not robbing the person that you helped or doesn't show them or doesn't take anything away from them. And there's ways to share this where it doesn't, you know, you're not patting yourself on the back, which most people do it to help people and not for the personal accolades. I know that's why I do it. That's why I'm saying just be mindful if you're going out and giving a homeless person a pair of shoes. Don't record them in their face while you're doing that. I and and if you're going to, there's just a it's just a really really sticky wicket and an interesting line there. Um, I would just ask you to be mindful and pray about it. Um, there are, again ways to share, ways to spread joy, ways to spread love. We do it. We're going to do another one this year. A blessing, um, a blessing. Uh, dinner where we all get together and we pool our money and we just randomly bless a random wait- waiter or waitress. and But we ask at the table, no phones. And the last time we did this, the waitress asked to take a picture with us. And turns out this waitress said I had $28 in my bank account. So God knew exactly where we were supposed to be that night. So as we are embarking on the holiday season, and I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope you are feeling generous in your time, your money, your efforts, your volunteering, volunteering your sweet spot, remember? But just really, really please be mindful of the way that you do it to make sure that we ensure the dignity of those that we are helping and that we can do the gut check and ask ourselves, why am I doing this? When you're alone, when you're in the dark, when it's you and God or whatever you believe, why am I doing this and what are my true intentions? And if they're pure and good and holy and wanting to spread joy and love and help another human being, just check yourself before you wreck yourself. I love you guys. I love you from the depths of my soul. And I do this for you. And I'm so very thankful for you. If you would hit like, subscribe, share, leave us a review. It would help us tremendously. Go to the website, imchangingthenarrative.org. Um, and hit store. We have put a ton of new merch out there. Drop me an email, just like the person I talked about um, a few minutes ago who shared um, what the podcast meant to them. I live on these things, y'all. Like It is why I do what I do and how I have at nine o'clock at night, getting ready to fly in the morning, worked all day, worked all week, morning, days, nights, all the things, eyes open to eyes closed. How I have the energy to keep going is because I do it for you. 
And when I hear your feedback, it means everything to me. So buy a shirt, share the email, attend a pals call, share the podcast, share one of our posts. Um, It's why we do what we do to uplift and encourage you. I love you guys so much. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. See you soon.